0: Welcome back, Thursday, July fourteenth, twenty twenty-two. I don't know if it's um, if it's just me, or if you're a little bit like me. The last couple few weeks, I, I have been thinking that Thursday was uh, on Wednesday, and I, my days have been off. I don't know if it's uh, the summer heat, honestly. Or the level of uh, of news that is coming our way, and the stories we seem to have to assimilate and deal with, I will uh, I will save my monologue for the third hour, and I'll do a big delving into what I want to do with you just briefly right now. But uh, I um I I guess what the left did to us two or three days ago had its effect in that. What they did has been on my mind now for two or three days. And I finally put pen to paper and we'll sketch it out a little more detail and length and perhaps intellectual rigor in the third hour today. But I want you to hear this and just say a word up front about it in case you guys do want to call in or discuss any part of it. Work with me on this. You may have seen it. It's a PSA New York City, the government of New York City. Eric Adams government disseminated. To the people of New York City uh, through television, a public service announcement on television and radio. But because it's New York City, of course, it 's not going to just be for the people of New York City. And the New York City residents and government know that too. They know that with the media centered there, that it's not California that makes all the news, or at least not the first news, it's New York. It's New York. Uh, listen to this ad if you haven't heard it. its um, I'll give you a warning so you don't think you're listening to Orson Welles or the War of the Worlds or anything like that. This is an ad they thought this would be a good time to put out on what to do in case of a nuclear attack on New York City. You saw none of this by the way. None of this in 2001. None of this in 2002. None of this in 2003, 4, 5, or 6 when we really – did see New York City under a novel attack, and the rest of America as well. And you know why? Because to do so there would have been to engage in Islamophobia. But since this comes with no tangible enemy, this comes as an amorphous nuclear attack on the city, we can't attract or observe any phobia to this PSA now can we listen to it if you haven't heard it
2: so there's been a nuclear attack don't ask me how or why just know that the big one has hit okay so what do we do there are three important steps that I want you to remember step one get inside fast you your friends your family get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement, head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this.
0: (laughs) You've got this. You can survive a nuclear... You realize... Do you realize that following even first grade science doesn't get you here? Do you realize that if you took any of that advice when it came to when New York City truly was under attack, if that advice was applied, say, at the World Trade Center, you'd be dead by now? But if you go inside and go to the center of a room and shut your doors and windows, you'll be safe from a nuclear attack. Who do they think they're kidding? But that's not what's so interesting to me. Of course, the fear and paranoia point is, and we'll get into that more, too. What's interesting to me is these three pieces of advice are the same exact three first pieces of advice that we were given to deal with COVID in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October of 2020. Get inside and stay inside. Do not go outdoors. Indeed, even if there is a religious holiday or a national holiday like Thanksgiving outdoors, we're going to give phone numbers to report people who are going outdoors so that you can report on your fellow citizens lest they be caught in a prayer circle a book study, a 12-step meeting, or a family gathering. So get inside and stay inside. Of course, shut the doors and windows. That removing of the clothes and taking a shower, it's too perfectly close to what I remember everyone doing in 2020. I remember everyone doing—well, not everyone. Not everyone, because not everyone could go to work. But if you were allowed to go to work, if you lived in a state that allowed you to go to work— and we did this here, Um, you had to take your clothes off when you entered the house and take a shower, as if we all had some kind of Dr. No or Karen Silkward type anti-nuclear or active, radioactive waste showerhead and materiel. That's how we were forced to act. And then, of course, we were told, well, that was following the science then. COVID, as it turns out, is a non fomitic disease. You can't transfer it through clothing, which isn't actually the case or true with uh, nuclear fallout. That can, of course, take you out if it's on clothing, fomite. But it's the same exact thing. Go home and remove your clothes and take a shower. Something tells me, however, if you're in Manhattan or any of the boroughs, New York City, something tells me if you're outside during a nuclear attack there, taking your clothes off and showering won't exactly be an option. And then third, the most perfect of all, my gosh, I could have scripted it myself if they asked me, wearing my old hat as a speechwriter or a ghostwriter. If they asked me to write for the left talking points for this, I would have done exactly what they did in this third point. It's just so perfectly left-wing totalitarian. Listen to the media. Stay tuned to what the media is telling you. And don't go outside until the government tells you it's safe to do so. It's just too perfect the same playbook. I know there's been a lot said about this ad if it did reach you if you did catch some of it on another talk radio show or perhaps on fox news or another cable outlet but has anyone put those things together you treat a nuclear war and a nuclear attack the same way we treated covid there's an asterisk to this story or maybe i should say an epilogue that would be the better word an epilogue to this story all their advice those that tripart piece of advice It would have the same efficacy against nuclear war as it did against COVID. Now add masks. Now add the vaccine. Really quite incredible. Not only that they want us to continually stay in fear and panic, panic and fear, fear and surprise. Spanish Inquisition, fear and surprise. That's what they are. It's so funny that they dress up as if. They were all – it's so funny how the left wants, it, wants its women to dress up these days, right? They, they taunt the Supreme Court, Congress, and Republicans as if we're all supposed to have women as our handmaids, as in the Margaret, Nat, Margaret Atwood novel. It's so interesting to me that they want us as a society to think that that's the conformity we want to force women into. It's not. It's not at all. It's not even close. I mean, you look here in Arizona, Republican Party, it's probably going to be dominated by leadership of women very shortly in every office we hold. We are not women phobic the way the left thinks we are. But the conformity, the conformity, the dramatic and important need to conform. Listen to the left. That's their value. It ain't ours. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Portions of which are brought to you by the good folks at Y Refi. They are good folks. They're doing really well by doing good for others, and you can be too if you're interested in the unique investment opportunity they are offering to you. It is a no-load fixed interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors, all in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y Refi is in the business of helping people dig out of debt the right way by actually paying off their debts and their customers see not only a great deal of benefit in doing that, which is the ultimate goal, but all the other ancillary things that come with it like FICO score recovery as well. Check them out at investyrefi.com if you're interested in this offer. Investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. This is almost too perfect of timing, uh, Many of you are familiar with uh, Professor uh, Victor Davis Hanson, and he has a column today addressing another state's advertisement. I was just talking about New York City's ad uh, warning you uh, about uh, imminent nuclear attack and what to do if it comes to New York City. I suppose they would extrapolate the advice around the rest of the country, just as they did with COVID when uh, New York uh, took for some reason decided to take ownership of that issue and to tell the rest of the country what to do. Um, California, Gavin Newsom, we've talked about the ad he ran in Florida uh, directed at Floridians that California is the land of freedom while Florida is the land of the handmaidens' tale. And one of the, uh, one of the interesting things about that campaign of Gavin Newsom's in trying to attract Floridians to his state is he doesn't talk about the one thing he cannot talk about, which is the economy. So if Gavin Newsom, who, by the way, was at the White House yesterday, if Gavin Newsom is planning to run for president in 2024, and I think he is, but if he is, you realize what this is going to mean, whether he runs against uh, Ron DeSantis or whether he runs against Donald Trump, both at this point Floridians. Um, He's not going to run on the things that presidents try to run on, which is the economy or even national or international defense. He wants to run on the culture issues. Fascinating. Fascinating. As George Kaloff and I were discussing, probably we'll get the cultural debate in the presidential campaign of 2024 in this country that many conservatives have long wanted to have on a close-to-even playing field, close-to-even. We can come back to that point, too, if you want. And what would be good about that is we will win that. We will win that fight. We will win that war. But Victor Davis Hansen addresses Gavin Newsom's ad the following way, and I just want to share it with you because it is, well— So good, which is not a surprise when it comes to Victor. In a run-up to what's likely to be a 2024 presidential bid, Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom hit upon the bizarre idea of boasting in commercials that California is America's true free state. Part of his ad campaign is to attack Florida, currently run by Newsom's possible rival, Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Yet with the most burdensome regulations and high tax rates, Newsom's California is arguably the most unfree state in the union. In return for these steep costs, the state's public institutions, infrastructure, and services are among the country's worst. California's once vaunted freeway system is near the bottom of all state comparisons. California's Highway 99, which runs the length of the Central Valley, is one of the deadliest roads in America, based on miles driven. Over half the nation's homeless crowd the state's major cities. Did you realize that? Almost half the homeless in this country live in California. One-third of America's welfare recipients live in California. Did you realize that? One-fifth the resident population of California lives below the poverty line. Well over a quarter of Golden State residents were not born in the United States. California public school test scores consistently fall among the bottom 10 states. San Francisco has the highest per capita property crime rate in the country. I want you to think about that test score issue for just a moment because anyone who lives in Arizona will be nigh tired of hearing that we're the worst state or the second worst state in the union when it comes to education, outcomes, and money. Well, California maybe the wealthiest or the highest spending state in the country, and yet they're in the bottom 10 for outcomes. Just focus on that. Why is California never mentioned? Why do you think? The recently recalled San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin and his soon to be recalled Los Angeles counterpart, George Gascon, have nearly ruined their cities. Both are iconic a multi billionaire George Soros's nationwide efforts to undermine the entire criminal justice system. Bill, remind me to come back to the criminal justice issue, if you don't mind. State residents are not free to drive safely because of their decrepit freeways. They are not free from filthy and toxic sidewalks or dangerous physical assault in their major cities. Public school children are not free to enjoy competitive educations. San Franciscans are not free to park their cars without fear. They will be vandalized or stolen. The destruction of these freedoms is in direct proportion to the confiscatory taxes that the state collects, the highest bracket of income and gasoline rates in the nation, among the highest sales taxes and property taxes that soar due to inflated assessments in spite of the 1978 constitutional amendment known as Prop 13. Currently, California faces brownouts due to the longstanding deliberate curtailment of electrical Called generation plants. Yosemite's historic redwood forest is currently threatened with what are now customary California summer conflagrations. The destructive dirty forest fires reflect a deliberate state policy of not gleaning the forests of dead trees. It's known as a forest or forestation policy, but rather letting the flammable debris serve as natural fodder for bugs and birds. This is what environmentalism gets you, folks fire. The state has not built a major reservoir in nearly 40 years. In rarer wet years, millions of acre-feet of runoff and snowmelt simply cascade to the sea. Releasing such vital water apparently enhances 19th century riparian landscapes and discourages its own agribusiness. Amid Newsom's anti-Florida ad campaign, the governor was vacationing at the upscale digs of his Montana in-laws, escorted by his ample state-paid security detail, which is odd. Given Gavin Newsom's California labeling Montana a homophobic hellhole, who he will not allow other state employees who dare to visit there be paid for. More on this when we come back. If you have thoughts, I'd love to hear them. And I'd love to hear, too, your thoughts. We kind of walk around this and tap dance around it. I'd love to get the sense of the audience of 2024 read in the New York magazine Donald Trump said he already made up his mind about whether he's running or not. He just hasn't made the announcement. Is it Trump? Is it DeSantis? Is it a third person? And who should it be? I'd love to hear from you on that. 602-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show, portions of which are brought to you by the air conditioning, plumbing, and heating guys. Cool touch. Cool touch air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. You don't need to worry about the heating right now. Gosh knows. But if you have plumbing issues or air conditioning issues, I love cool touch air conditioning. I love them. They're great. I've used them. Uh, several times over several years in several residences I have uh, lived in, all my friends who need air conditioning and plumbing help have used them as well. They're fantastic. Check them out at CoolTouchAC.com. That's CoolTouchAC.com, and they're available twenty four seven. I uh, I had asked, uh, I had made mention to uh, Bill to uh, remind me to bring up the issue of uh, social social justice. And uh, criminal justice policies. Uh, This is uh, something some of us have been talking about for a good long time. I'm going to talk to Kurt Schlichter later in the show. I want to bring some of this up with him, this notion of whether Americans generally are beginning to finally absorb the messaging that conservative speakers, writers, authors have been doing their best to get into the mainstream of American thought. Are we winning? Is it finally settling in? Does it take experiments with leftism and socialism that we need to keep reminding the people with what it is when they vote for it and they get reminded of what it is? Here's an example of what it is. Unaffordable gas. Gas was affordable. We were energy independent. I brought up 2001 or earlier in the show. That was the quest. That was right and left, conservative and liberal. That was the goal throughout the early aughts, energy independence. We got it. We had it. And in the snap of a finger, we don't any longer. We canceled pipelines. We canceled drilling leases, and the president now has to go hat in hand to rogue regimes like Venezuela and Saudi Arabia to beg them to bail us out. Makes you proud to be an American again, doesn't it? It makes it expensive to be an American again, doesn't it? And it makes it less green to be an American again, doesn't it? Because I'm going to tell you something right now, folks, and everyone obviously knows this. Refining these petroleum products in Saudi Arabia and Venezuela its a lot worse for the environment than the way we do it here. They just don't have the same enforcements and regulations and rules that we do. So you may ask, why is Joe Biden going to these rogue places if it's worse for the environment? Because they don't care. They don't care and they can admit no wrong. What's important, you see, is the image, the Potemkin village of their policy. That's what's important. And it's the true case of every rogue governing philosophy in human history. We saw the Potemkin villages, obviously, in Russia, Soviet Union. And, of course, we saw them at the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. And, of course, you see them now, too in China particularly in the Xinjiang province when it comes to the concentration camps built for the Uyghur population there it doesn't matter what the reality is what matters is what they want you to think the reality is it's all about the image daniel j borston is uh, perhaps with a handful of others, we've been quoting them a lot lately, those others. one of the greatest historians and American historians that ever lived and lived in our lifetime. We were quoting Will and Ariel durant last week. We often redound to Wilfred McClay, who of course, is alive and with us. And um, Daniel J. Borston, who passed a few years ago, is someone we invoke today. He wrote a book called "The Image," about just this very thing. It's worth reading if you're looking for old classics and old tomes and good writers and good public intellectuals. It's interesting, too, isn't it, that we have to rediscover American history to understand the times we live in today. I was having a meeting with a uh, professor today, professor of politics today, and the thing that we both agreed on was the most dangerous thing facing our country the lack of knowledge about our history. C.S. Lewis was on to that, too. He said, you deprive children of history, it only leads to one thing. They're being subjected more easily to propaganda. Think on that over the break. 602 your calls and more coming right up. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Every day, more harmful decisions by the administration hurt the economy, robbing your savings and investment. Inflation, 41-year high, making your money worth even less. And now there's a real possibility of a full-blown recession. Can't afford to lose more. The good news is when investments fall, gold traditionally holds its value, which is why I recommend calling Midas Gold Group the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to talk about safeguarding your wealth with precious metals. I own precious metals from Midas Gold, and you can too. I trust these guys. I like these guys. They think like you do, and they help make our conversation possible. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Pete is in Mesa. Peter, I'm sorry. Peter is in Mesa. Hello, Peter. Hello, Seth. How are you today? I am uh, on top of the world, looking down on creation.
1: <laughs> I love it. That's that's that's
0: that's uh, that's probably that's 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 probably, uh, that's, that's, that's probably pro- profanation. I shouldn't have said that. I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm, I'm doing fine.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to quickly address some of the topics you were talking about. Um, um, I would really like to see Ron DeSantis run and choose Christy Noem as the vice president.
0: I think that that's one. a heck of a ticket. I mean, it's I, one of, of a few potential hecks of a ticket. I think it's a heck of a ticket.
1: Yeah, she is so qualified and actually has uh, what I think consider an incredible political and statesmanlike head on her shoulders, as well as Ron DeSantis. And I think one of their first duties would be to uh, extend an offer to Donald John Trump to be Secretary of State.
0: Well, you know what? I have heard versions and var- and variations of that, Peter, and um I almost uh I, I, I almost don't think you can do that just from the perspective of it's too small for someone that large and an ex president. You think about um think with me about things ex presidents have done that are big and large, and the only the only thing that ever well, seems
1: they to, haven't, yeah. Well, really Taft Taft went to the Supreme Court.
0: Taft went to the Supreme Court, but after that, you can't think of too many, right?
1: No, but I think this would be a different type of okay. Secretary of State. Okay, that between him and Christy Noem to handle. Uh, some of the major things that need to be done in this country that are being handled by no one, mm-hmm. as in our southern border, mm-hmm. as in our energy issues. And some of the things they should immediately do is, uh, of course, remove the uh, energy secretary yeah. and the attorney general and charge them not only, they should not only be impeached, but they should be charged with their election of duty and actually fined and sent to jail.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to all of that. And I don't know that we have to even wait that long, to be honest with you, Peter. I hope not. I don't think we do. If you if you win Congress and hopefully the Senate, you can hold hearings and do that to them now or in January or February. Right. I
1: hope so. Yeah. I hope so.
0: Yeah. Now, of course, it depends on, you know, the U.S. attorneys as well, because when a Congress when Congress issues, you know, a subpoena or issues an uh, its own its its own uh, its own judgment and conviction, it requires a reporting to the Department of Justice and in, in the U.S. attorneys. Mm-hmm. And that does make it a little trickier with the Democratic Party administration. Yeah, out of curiosity, Peter, um, were you a... Uh, Donald Trump supporter in 2016 and in 2020. Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So I'm curious as to why you don't want him to lead the ticket in 24.
1: Uh, there, there are, there really is no great reason overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But the reasons I think of is one, uh, the polarization uh, of the negative tweets that the some of the independents still hold against him. Mm-hmm. That they need to, they would have to do a massive communications campaign to overcome that. The second thing is is that he has uh, just about everything he needs and his familiarity as Secretary of State with dealing with people worldwide mm-hmm. is just a tremendous asset. And that uh, someone in the Secretary of State's role could really do a lot for smoothing the problems we have that are on the horizon. And we're talking about Japan, Taiwan, and the entire uh, Pacific region. Yeah, China for sure, right? China is doing great damage around the world as well as dealing with uh, booting them out of a lot of ports Mm -hmm. that they're getting their fingers into and helping those countries that are getting themselves into financial hot water with China by accepting monies in exchange for and things are not going to be able to pay back on, which is going to give China a tremendous uh, foothold in those regions. Peter, I got to say, I think I
0: I, got to say, I think there are more conservatives, Republicans, probably even independents who are thinking along the way you're thinking. And I think they're saying based on the conversations I've had with people and the things I've been reading and picking up, I think it's, it's, it's not necessarily that Donald Trump should be secretary of state, but you, you hear that – well, here's, here's, here's the horns of the dilemma. Here's, here's how I, I, mm-hmm. I, I see people uh, thinking it through, and you've done a lot of it yourself. One, Donald Trump in four years did so much darned good when you think about you know putting the problems with China on the map. When you think of putting the problems and the solutions to our border and sovereignty more generally and intellectually on the map, when you look at the Supreme Court, which uh, in some respects has become the most powerful branch of government, though not intended to be by the founders, but the left made it so. And Donald Trump showed him what true will really was, so to speak, um, with the, with regard to that. He's done so much good that. A lot of people are saying, well, why shouldn't we give him uh, the other uh, the chance to run again if that's what he wants to do? On the other hand, you also see this is the horns of the dilemma. People also saying what you're saying, which is he um, he makes it really easy uh, for the left to do what the left does. He makes it easy for them and he puts conservatives and Republicans and supporters in a continual, if not constant mode. Of defensiveness, it does happen, but then there's this third branch, this third uh, dilemma on these horns. If I haven't stretched the metaphor too far, which is (laughs) right, you're you're following me though, right? Which is yeah, so far. (laughs) Which is that they're gonna do the same thing to anyone who runs, and they have done it before. It's just with social media, it's a lot more obvious. And you're a long time listeners to this show have heard my. My, my running down of how the left and media, even before social media, went after the Reagans and the Goldwaters, even the Bushes and the Romneys, believe it or not, the same way, words, the same language they they go after Donald Trump with. So they will say, why would you think it would be anything less with Ron DeSantis? In fact, look over the last four months as to how the left has gone after Ron DeSantis. So these are, these are the dilemmas uh, that we face. And Here's, here's what I'll tell you my view is. You know what? i got to take a quick break, and that's a perfectly great tease. So in a moment, I will tell you what my view is. If Jim's listening, he'll thank me for that. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Thank you, Peter. Welcome back to the Seth and Show portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, pure potent plant power. You take it once a day and you get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. I take it every day. It boosts my energy, my health, my immunity, you name it. It is the uh, best product I've ever taken and you can uh, do it too. You just take these uh, wonderful uh, capsules once a day and you're good to go. If you don't like swallowing the capsules by design, they are easily opened and you can sprinkle it in food and drink. You can even just chew on them if if you prefer. They taste perfectly fine to chew on. They're designed for that as well. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Peter and Mesa. want to thank him for his uh, thoughtful call in the previous segment about Trump or DeSantis as our nominee and happy to take more of your calls on this. I told you I'd give you my my uh, ultimate p- conclusion on on this. Um, first of all, putting an ex-president in a cabinet is A difficult proposition. Many of you may recall in 1980 at the Republican um, convention, uh, Reagan's Republican convention in 1980, there were negotiations with Jerry Ford, the ex-president, to bring him into the Reagan fold and have him run as Reagan's vice president. And what Jerry Ford was demanding with a lot less bragging rights than Donald Trump, by the way. Jerry Ford's presidency wasn't exactly the success that Trump's was. Um, Jerry Ford was demanding a co-presidency, and it just became an impossibility. But that that issue is there. That issue is there, even if it's not verbalized. It's hard to take an ex-president and put him in a place. Here's my ultimate view. My ultimate view is Donald Trump deserves the deference of his own decision on this before other Republicans— decide to run themselves. I don't like that Donald Trump says he's made up his mind, he just isn't telling us yet. There's something about that I don't like. But it is his choice, I believe, as a matter of right, as a matter of morality, and a matter of fairness to decide. He was a very successful president. He's clearly beloved by the base. He clearly should have the decision as to whether he wants to run first before the others decide to throw their house hat in the ring. And if he does throw his hat in the ring, my own advice is others should stay out. It's Donald Trump's choice. It really is. It really is. I'm Seth and we'll be right back.